Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children. Music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an efficiency? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes.
broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, you can email us, as always, rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter at TST underscore underscore radio and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. You can also check out our website, thesecretteachings.info. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. On the website, you will find my books, my written and published books. You can buy them there. That is the only place you can buy them. You'll also be able to check out our behind-the-scenes content on Patreon and listen to the show archive for free. There's an embed player, and there is an RSS feed you can plug into your podcast or radio player. And there are also links to the various radio and podcast players, so you can get a direct link to the one that you like to use. And you can listen to the show anytime, anywhere, after the show airs, in the middle of the night, middle of the day, whenever and wherever. If you want to get rid of the advertisements, though, in that archive, because that archive is monetized, that's one of the major ways we have an income here on the show, you can subscribe to the full show archive also on the website, which will get you access to the ad-free show, the montages, the digital versions of my books. You'll get access to those as part of your subscription. And you will also get early access to the show and a private RSS feed. So you'll be able to plug that into your radio podcast player and you won't have to listen to those advertisements. Still, our second week now on Ground Zero Radio, I wanted to run a special. It's $40.00. For the whole year. So you get access to all that for the whole year for $40. So check it out at thesecretteachings.info. There's a little donate button. We do things as friends and family. So if you donate friends and family $40, send me a message and we will set up the account. I do things antiquated like that intentionally because I find it to be easier and I don't like having to go through uh, all these hoops and uh, I don't like things being extremely technical. I like them to be as simple as possible. Plus, I'm a one-man show here. I do uh, everything from the montages to the uh, post-production, getting the show up, preparing for the show, obviously hosting the show. So I don't have a lot of time to put into something like that. I want to keep it very, very simple for myself and for you as an audience. Last thing, we also have affiliate sponsors on the website, Transistor FM, which runs our archive The Tuttle Twins, which is a really great uh, company, teaches kids about history and uh, economics and things like that. And our Pro One water affiliate program now is as good a time as ever to get a water filter. Tonight on the show, John Peasy will join us in the second hour. John Peasy is a ventriloquist and a comedian, and he's also a longtime listener of The Secret Teachings. And he'll be here to talk with us about the state of world affairs as it pertains to comedy. We'll get his perspective on some of those things. And we're going to talk a little bit maybe about comedy in this first hour. I had a, an idea for a show I've been wanting to do. And I was playing around with a graphic. And I came up with this kind of a creepy looking graphic for tonight. It has a, has a, a, a Joker character from Batman. Um, and it's, it's kind of uh, very dark. And the name of the show I came up with for tonight was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And the reason I chose that name is because the rainbow is a symbol 
of a doorway or a gateway or more specifically a bridge into another world or another dimension to another place. We know at the end of the rainbow, there's a pot of gold, right? We know what a rainbow actually is. It's, a, it's light breaking apart. And we know from a biblical point of view that a rainbow is God's promise to man. The rainbow that appears at the end of Noah's journey in the ark symbolizes the, the reunion of God and mankind. In the Bible, God says to Noah in Genesis 9, 12 through 13, quote, I set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and earth. So the rainbow is a positive symbol. It is a promise of the blending together of the divine and that which is below the divine as an expression of the divine. It is a covenant between man and God. The rainbow, in a sense, is like the star of David or the star of Saturn, the merging together of the pyramid or the triangle with a base on the ground, point in heaven, man reaching to God, or the other triangle which points down and that triangle has a base in heaven pointing down to the earth that's God reaching down to man and when you merge the two together you have a merging of the active and passive forces fire and water male and female and when you merge them together you get that six-pointed star it's not just a Jewish star it's not just a Saturn star it's not just a star of David it's an alchemical star it merges together these, these opposites, and that's what the rainbow is a symbol of. And that's why, for some time now, I've been saying here or there on the Secret Teachings Radio that the rainbow that we see in the news and virtually every corporation, every social media uh, profile picture, everybody's using uh, you know, a rainbow or some variation of the rainbow for Pride Month. Now, I, I get confused with Pride Month, not out of ignorance, just, it, just because I, I feel like every month is Pride Month. Every time I watch a, a movie or a TV show, it just feels like Pride is one of the major, uh, I, I mean, it doesn't need to be, but it seems like one of the major driving uh, uh, forces. Like it, it, it'll, be, it'll be things like in movies that, or a TV show that doesn't really fit in. Like we're talking about in a movie, it could be science fiction, it could be whatever, but then suddenly here comes some focus on a gay couple. And I, I don't care if you're gay. What does that matter to me? I, I don't care. But I, I wonder why it's so much a part of the popular culture that you, it's almost like you can't watch anything, you can't listen to anything, you can't do anything without being introduced or having these concepts thrown into your face as, as a signal that the people that made that film or made that movie or the company that produced it, that they care about homosexuals, that they care about trans people or whatever. And, and it's confusing to me because, see, I thought that Pride Month was something where gay people um, were open and they had parades and and everything was, you know, people might not have agreed with it, but, you know, they had they had their their time. And, you know, there's, you know, gay bars go all out. And 
I thought that's what Pride Month was. I, I, I didn't realize Pride Month, being proud of being homosexual, being a, le- a lesbian, being gay. I, I, I don't understand how that transitioned to people who aren't gay, people who aren't biologically trans, but people that go to universities and then decide that they're going to be another sex or another gender. That, that somehow changed. And, I mean, if I were a gay person, I would probably be upset about that. I, I, would, I would wonder why my movement has been hijacked by, for the most part, confused and mentally ill young college students and young people in general who the, 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 the identifying factor in who they are today is being the opposite gender. I would be upset about that if I was homosexual. I'd imagine that there are a lot of homosexuals who are upset about that because it doesn't make a lot of sense in the same way that feminism, if I were a feminist, I'd be upset that feminism today has also become about weird, mentally ill people at universities who claim that they're the opposite gender. And most people do this. If you, if you pay attention to, to the, the paradigm shift, People aren't doing this because they honestly feel that way. They're doing this because you have TV movies, you have entertainment of all sorts, you have colleges and universities across the country, you have psychologists who in some cases in places like California, they are mandated to provide affirmation therapy for virtually everything that someone comes to see them for. If you're having trouble in school, that's because you're not actually a boy. And this is not a hyperbolic expression. This is not an exaggeration. This is literal across the United States. It's in Canada. It's illegal to help a child understand why they might be feeling confused in school or why they might be having a hard time at home. Everything, for some reason, breaks down to gender. Feminism has been overridden. Homosexuality has been overridden. And we're just waving a rainbow flag now with, well, we have a lot of additional colors now. There's black and brown. There's powder blue, there's a, a pink powder color, there's white, uh, there's an, a, an additional yellow triangle now added to the rainbow flag, now there's a purple circle added to the rainbow flag. I mean, this thing is starting to look like some kids just got finger paint and they just randomly just started th- putting it all over a piece of paper. It, there's so much now, it doesn't, it's not really, I mean, once it becomes inclusive to everybody, it's inclusive to nobody. It just is. A, it's like, is that supposed to be a symbol of humanity? I, I don't really get it. I don't really understand it. And, and what happened to feminism? What happened to homosexuals? What happened to just like people that used to just have a pride parade and be happy with who they were and maybe fight for gay marriage? And, and that was it. That's turned into a lot of young people who claim they're the opposite gender. What what is this? So some. So, I mean, that's not really the point of tonight's show, per se. But it's important to at least address what that symbol is being utilized for before we can really go into the the underbelly of it. Now, the underbelly of it is not a conspiracy. The underbelly of it is the underlying energetic current that rests beneath of all things. It, it rests beneath of words, which are, of course, letters and symbols, vibrations, beneath of numbers, uh, currents of energy, uh, synchronistic events, uh, things that are just under the, 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 the visible, if you will, range of sight for humans. What I mean by that is when you see the rainbow flag being waved, when you see the rainbow flag with black, brown, powder blue, powder pink, white, 
more yellow and a purple circle being waved. And you see that multinational corporations are doing this. People change their profile picture to the rainbow flag or some variation of it for Pride Month. Some people, every month is Pride Month. You see movies and TV shows that are promoting this. You see commercials. You see, uh, you know, these corporations that you, you don't think they probably take good care of their workers. They don't pay people a living wage. But when it comes to a, a gay flag, they'll fly the rainbow flag. No problem. I, it's just it's confusing. And I think it's meant to be confusing. And I think what's happening is you have multinational corporations, you have big banks, and you have politicians and political organizations that want to score cheap political points with the general public who aren't psychotic. So they they care about their fellow man, their fellow woman, and their fellow whatever. So the companies uh, and politicians, they wave these flags literally or symbolically as a symbol, as a gesture that we are... At the forefront of the culture war, we're the winners, we're in control, and we're going to dictate where this whole thing goes next. But beyond that, when you think of what a rainbow is, it actually starts to make a lot more sense esoterically. What is a rainbow other than that symbol of a covenant between man and God in Genesis God said, I set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a token of the covenant between me and earth. Genesis 9, 12 through 13. And for the record, I'm not a Christian, but I can quote the Bible. So when I'm quoting the Bible on this show, that doesn't mean that I'm a Christian. But just because I'm not a Christian doesn't mean that I'm anti-Christian. I'm just looking at things from as many points of view as I can because I'm, I'm obsessed with information. I'm an infomaniac. So it's a covenant between man and God, but it's also something else. A rainbow is a bridge. It is a gateway. It is a doorway. And it is a doorway, a gateway, and a bridge to a, a different world. A world very much different than, depending on the context, our own world. It is a bridge between heaven and earth. In an anthropomorphic way, in an anthropomorphic sense, that bridge between heaven and earth is the covenant between heaven, God, and earth, man. The Incans believed that it was the multicolored feather crowned of Ilapa, the god of rain and thunder. They saw that the rainbow was a, a symbol of divinity, a symbol of power. Among the celestial beings that use the rainbow as a bridge, we find Buddha. Buddha came back to earth via a seven-colored stairway. Like seven divine rays of light, the rainbow is a powerful, powerful symbol of creation and a gateway or a bridge into heaven, into the divine. The Australian Aborigines see the rainbow as a multicolored serpent Because the serpent in that part of the world, like in a lot of parts of the world, created the earth. They believe that this multicolored serpent was the mother of all human beings. That serpent analogy, of course, is found in other places like China, where one of the eight immortals is actually transformed into a rainbow that is coiled like a sleeping serpent. Of course, the seven colors of the rainbow carry a very deep, significant meaning. In Islam, they see... 
all the hues, all the colors as the qualities of the divine being made visible in the material world. The, the, the Muslims see the rainbow as essentially a direct expression of God, which is virtually the same way that the Christians see it. Once again, Islam and Christianity are not that far removed from one another, um, regardless of what the media tells you and regardless of what Christians or Muslims tell you. Um, I, I have a friend who's uh, from Saudi Arabia, and I've talked to her about religion, and she says, yeah, a lot of what your media says, it's, it's totally the opposite. She's like, yeah, it's, it's not really great in Saudi Arabia. It's not, like, you know, the, it's not like the best place in the world, but that's, that's a country. She's like, Islam, she's like, it's very, very, very similar to, to Christianity. We believe in the same things Christians do. The only difference, she said, is I, I don't believe Jesus was the savior of the world. Like it's just a, it's, everything else is the same, though. So the Muslims believe that the rainbow is a divine expression of God, just like the Christians do. Also in India, there are um, the, the there are the seven um, heavens and the seven rays of light, the seven colors of the rainbow broken up uh, like in a prism. They represent the seven heavens. And uh, in Norse mythology, the rainbow is um, basically a, an exotic necklace uh, called the Brisingamen. And this necklace is a, a symbol of the goddess Freya. And the rainbow or this, this necklace, as it's expressed as, is a bridge called Bifrost. It's a bridge between heaven and earth. Ishtar in Babylon also had a necklace of rainbows. And in Greek mythology, it's the rainbow goddess Iris, the original messenger like uh, Hermes, Mercury. Iris wore a cape made of rainbows, in the Greek mythology. So in all these myths from the Australian Aboriginal people to the Chinese people to the Indian people to the Christians all over the world, it's a symbol of a doorway, a gateway, more specifically, though, a bridge, a connecting force between these two worlds. And likewise, it's, of course, a symbol of God and man and this covenant between the two, a, a promise between man and God, God and man. So what does that have to do with homosexuality and transgenders and all these new colors on the flag and Pride Month? And So what I like to do on The Secret Teachings is we start with the mundane. We, we define what the public sees this as. We, we define what the, the, the average person sees this as, agree with it or not. And then we look at the symbol itself as we just did, to define what it is, that connector between heaven and earth, God and man. And then we combine the two together to find out what exactly is going on here. Esoterically, the rainbow is a bridge, not just to heaven, but it's a bridge to another world. It's a bridge to another dimension. It's a bridge to an upside-down Think about it for a second. Have you ever seen the great seal of Solomon? It has the bearded God with a cross in the center of it, a Maltese cross, Germanic cross. And it has an upright white triangle, and it has a downward black triangle. And at the top of it, at the apex you have the white God, and at the bottom side of it, you have the black God. 
this is the Masonic reflecting pool where you have a pool of water and you have an object with a saying. For example, the Washington Monument, in God we trust, some people see that in the Masonic reflecting pool as in dog we trust, as in the dog star Sirius and its connections to ancient Egypt and the Egyptian pantheon of gods, which, interestingly enough, we, we were watching this show trial. That's what it is. The show trial must go on of January 6th. And January 6th is an ancient Egyptian holiday, essentially. It's the Feast of Epiphany for Christians. It's uh, a, a, a miracle day in Greece and Rome and in Egypt of Bacchus or Dionysus or Jesus turning water into wine. It's a very significant day on the calendar. So in Dog We Trust and the Dog Star in Sirius, and, and that brings Osiris and Isis into the question. So it's a black and white thing, a black and white expression. It's, it's a reflection of something. And so in, in our world, in the infernal world, as opposed to heaven, you have white in heaven reflecting as darkness on earth. So the rainbow as a gateway or a bridge between the two is basically a bridge into the upside-down world. And that, that's not just stranger things. That's literal in ancient mythology, in ancient symbolism, if you will, theology, mysticism, etc. So the rainbow is a bridge into the upside-down world. So when we see people waving the rainbow flag and everybody changes their profile picture and big corporations suddenly care about marginalized people, they do this for a lot of reasons. They do this because it's a good virtue signal. They do this because, hey, maybe people won't attack us based on our, 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 our lack of morals or you know, environmental, uh, our environmental destruction. Maybe they'll be like, oh, they care about gay people. We, we'll support them. But beyond that, those that are using the rainbow to cultivate cultural change are actually providing a bridge into an upside-down world, and perhaps that's why the world does seem quite upside-down, and we're going to get into more of that when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this, somewhere over the rainbow. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com, author of The Phantom Self and The Perception Deception. And you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From ground zero to The Secret Teachings. Keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. 
Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now, the Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. People ask me all the time what they can do to take control of their lives when facing a daily onslaught of dis- and misinformation. I say take control of your body and mind with water filtration. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info and click on our affiliate sponsor link with Pro One Water Filters at the top of the page to search for a water filter for the home, camping trip, and even the shower. They filter countless contaminants and make a wonderful gift for friends, family, and yourself. That's Pro One Water Filters at thesecretteachings.info. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. Government officials of ranking 10 have been granted immunity from the purge and shall not be harmed. Commencing at the siren, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Blessed be our new founding fathers and America, a nation reborn. May God be with you all. Build back and build back better. Build back and build back better. Comedy is subjective, Murray. Isn't that what they say? All of you, the system that knows so much, you decide what's right or wrong the same way that you decide what's funny or not. This is a Upset the established order, and everything becomes chaos. On a star and wake up where the clouds are far behind me. It's morning again. Morning again. Wake up, America. Morning's over. Okay, I, I think. I, I might understand that you did this to start a movement to become a, a symbol. 
Come on, I love the clown. Do I look like the kind of clown that could start a movement? I killed those guys because they were Send awful. Everybody the is awful these days. It's enough to make anyone crazy. Don't Everybody just yells and screams at each other. Nobody's civil anymore. Nobody thinks what it's like to be the other guy. It's time for the lies to finally end. False promises of renewal. Change? We'll get them over I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. The rainbow is a symbol of God's promise to man, a covenant between heaven and earth and a bridge between the two worlds. And since Earth is a downward reflection of heaven, like the Masonic reflecting pool in the Great Seal of Solomon, that goes to say then that the rainbow is a bridge to the upside-down world of the divine. In this underbelly of heaven, we find suffering. We find pain. We find damnation. We find confusion. The colors of the rainbow are grayed out. And those colors of the rainbow, those divine colors, begin to fade into a grotesque expression of chaos. And you know the thing about chaos? It's fair. It's also equitable. It's also just. The FBI and the mainstream media and the Department of Justice are looking into social media posts being made by what they claim are white supremacists. Now, we're not going to talk about white supremacy, but I want you to hear what this article from the Associated Press has to say. White supremacists are riling up thousands on social media. The social media posts are of a distinct type. They hint darkly that the CIA or the FBI are behind mass shootings. They traffic in sexist and homophobic tropes. White nationalists and supremacists, on accounts often run by young men, are building thriving macho communities across social media platforms like Instagram, Telegram, and TikTok. Now, they can't actually prove this. They're simply implying that this is the case. And because they can't prove it, the only proof they can provide is the following quotation. They are, quote, evading detection with coded hashtags and innuendo, end quote. So the Associated Press says that they know that there are white supremacists riling these people up. They know that there are white nationalists trying to voice their beliefs and their opinions on social media, but they can't actually find the proof of it. So they become the arbiters of fact and tell you, that the proof is in coded messages, coded hashtags, and innuendo. As if 
it was okay to openly express derogatory viewpoints on other races or genders, etc. Uh, it's okay to call people names. It's okay to demean them, degrade them. It's okay to use racial or gender slurs. It's okay to make fun of people. But when it comes to your real true beliefs, you keep that hidden in a coded message, right? You keep that hidden in innuendo because you don't want people to know what you actually think, right? So you believe that white people are best. You believe that black people are inferior. But when it comes to your true beliefs, that's all part of a code, right? That's all innuendo, right? You know, something similar was done around the time of World War II. There was a conference held with high German command called Wannsee. And at the Wannsee conference, there was discussion on what to do with certain groups of people in the Reich. And the decision was made to transfer a lot of those people out of the Reich to other places that would take them. They were not all Jews. These were people that the Reich wanted to, to get rid of from, from their society. One of the high-level German commanders was Joseph Goebbels. Not a military commander. He was a media commander. He was a propaganda minister. Joseph Goebbels went to the Zionist elite. This is not an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. He literally went to Zionist Jewish internationals, and he made an agreement with them. The agreement was that the Nazi Party of Germany, because it wasn't the Germans, it was the Nazi Party of Germany, would transfer Jewish people in particular out of the Reich, and they would put them in what we now call Israel. And they went so far as to mint a coin between Zionist Jewish organizations and the Nazi party. You can find this coin in uh, museums. It is a, a coin that is minted on one side with a swastika and minted on the other side with a Star of David or a Saturn star. And they actually signed an agreement called Havara, which would allow for the transference of Jews in particular, but other people as well, mostly Jews in, in case of the Havara agreement. But it would, uh, it would uh, solidify this agreement to move Jewish people out of the Reich and into this place called Israel, what we call Israel now. And as a result of that conference, People use that conference and say, well, that's where they discuss the final solution. But here's the thing. They discussed transferring Jews out of the Reich as a final solution. And I know people think, oh, that means nobody died. No, that's not. Why do you think that means nobody died? Uh, uh, this, is his, this is historically documented in archives. This is not like your standard history, but this is part of history. And so what they did was they would transfer those Jewish people into Israel, right? So what, what ended up happening is later on, when historians look back at this, they said that the Nazis were using code words and that transfer agreements like Havara were actually secret messages and codes and innuendo that meant extermination. Again, that doesn't mean people didn't die. 
but there were only six death camps. Rest, the rest of them were transitory camps. And the media is doing the same thing today. And it's not, that's just a good example because I've studied a lot of that history. That's one good example I can think of historically, but there's plenty of examples like that. And the media is doing the same thing today. If you post something online that says, hey, the FBI was behind uh, Oklahoma City bombing, Timothy McVeigh, the FBI was behind uh, First World Trade Center bombing. According to the Associated Press, that, that is a coded hashtag and an innuendo that you are a white supremacist and a white nationalist. I mean, what if, you, what if you're black and you think that the FBI was behind uh, Oklahoma City? Does that also mean that you're a white supremacist? You see, that's just the label. And when you get tagged with that label, there's not a lot you can do. You can't logically refute it because everything you do and everything you say is a coded message. And those that label you with it, they become the arbiters of reality. They get to determine what is fact, what is fiction. The Associated Press goes on to say that these types of threats and racist ideology have become so commonplace on social media that it's nearly impossible for law enforcement to separate internet ramblings from dangerous, potentially violent people. In other words, if you have any viewpoint that is contrary to the mainline established order, the status quo, etc., you could potentially be dangerous. This is thought crime. I mean, even what I just said about the Havara Agreement, which you can find literal copies of it. I have a copy of it. If you say there was a transfer agreement, people call you anti-Semitic. That's not anti-Semitic. That's history. There's a coin minted with a Star of David and a swastika on it. Several coins minted. If you say that Timothy McVeigh was assisted by the FBI, you're a danger to society. You're the terrorist, you're a white supremacist. You could say, I don't like Timothy McVeigh. He was a terrorist. I don't like him. But if you don't believe that he acted alone, then that still makes you a terrorist. You could say, I don't like Nazis. I don't like fascists. But if you dare to say that there was an agreement to transfer Jewish people out of the Reich, that also makes you anti-Semitic. This is about controlling language and thought. The Associated Press goes on to say that as society becomes more accepting of LGBTQ rights, where did that come from? I thought we were talking about white supremacy. The issue may be especially triggering for young men who have held traditional beliefs around relationships and marriage. Now, notice they don't say young white men. They say young men. So if you're black or Hispanic or Asian or whatever, and you have a view on the world in life, that you would like to have a wife and you would like to have children, then you're also a white supremacist. You see, you have to ask, how do you define white supremacy? If you define white supremacy as anybody who disagrees with the established corporate banking uh, order, then everybody's a white supremacist who asks questions. And there's an implication there. There's an innuendo there, you see. But they say the real innuendo is coming from people who ask questions. Those questions are racist because they've wrapped themselves in different colors. They've wrapped themselves in rainbow flags. Banks, corporations, 
that suddenly care about highly, 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 highly marginalized communities, right? When's the last time your bank even gave a damn about you as a customer? You think your bank cares? You think some corporation cares about a marginalized group, let alone trans people that make up less than 0.7% of the population? You think corporations have some something they're getting out of that? Well, just like the use of these words and definitions like white supremacy and even mass shooting, a mass shooting is four people, so that's you know, that's not a lot of people. It's not a mass of people. A mass of people is way more than four people by definition in a dictionary. So by using those words, that changes the narrative, that changes perception, that creates a different reality. We cross the rainbow into this alternate reality, into this upside-down world when that kind of a thing happens, when those types of words are used, when things are redefined. We also enter into that world when we're talking about how thoughts can be manufactured and how thoughts can be controlled and how skin color and gender and sex and all these things can be used as weapons against criticism of what the state or what a corporation or what a group of people are doing. Because once again, if you are, for example, over the weekend here in Tucson, there were anti-gun rallies. They had one official big rally. I'm guessing it was, maybe it was a series of, they had one big rally, but they had rallies all over the country too. It was that same group with David Hogg, March for Our Lives. I call it March for Our Lies. And suddenly, all the millions of dollars, all the organization just got together overnight, over the weekend, and here it is once again. And if you disagree with what those people are saying or doing, doesn't matter how right or wrong you are, you want kids to die in schools. I mean, this is like simple fallacy. This is very, very simple language being used to make you the enemy by asking questions about anything. And that's why everything is is wrapped in rainbows for Pride Month and virtually every month. Do you know what that is other than controlling language and thought? It's controlling not only language and thought, it's controlling your right to freely speak. It's controlling free speech. It's controlling the freedom of publication and your right to protest. Because if you speak freely, if you publish something contrary, if you protest contrary... You are killing kids. You are racist. Even if you love kids, have kids, love families, and also happen to be black or gay or whatever. You don't matter unless you fit into the narrative. Likewise, you could be a straight, even Christian, white man. But if you're a liberal, progressive, anti-American I don't know if you can find these people, but the point is you would fit into the narrative and then being straight wouldn't matter so much. It's a totem pole. It's a hierarchy of all of the different classifications, all the different colors of the rainbow. And while nobody can actually find uh, hard evidence that there are these white terrorist groups planning all this violence, meanwhile, a terrorist group called Ruth sent us has suggested targeting the children of Supreme Court justices like Amy Coney Barrett. Ruth sent us 
is encouraging protests against the court's leaked draft opinion in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. The group, which is, as far as I'm concerned, a terrorist group, tweeted an infographic with the name of Barrett's Church. It also identified the school that Barrett's children attend and encouraged protesters to, quote, voice their anger, voice your anger by demonstrating there. This is not the first time this has happened. This has been promoted for about a month and a half now, where back in early May, Brett Kavanaugh and John Roberts, Supreme Court justices, were protested against outside of their homes by hundreds of protesters. And while the White House and Department of Justice are looking for these obscure, coded messages of white supremacy, 26-year-old Nicholas John Rosk, a man from California, was just arrested this past week by U.S. Marshals and local police outside the home of Justice Brett Kavanaugh for attempting to assassinate him. Rosk was carrying a handgun, two clips of ammunition, tactical knife, pepper spray, crowbar, nail punch, duct tape, hammer, and screwdriver. I'm surprised he wasn't carrying a carpet installation tool. Upon being arrested, he admitted to FBI agents that he came from California, quote, to kill a specific U.S. Supreme Court justice, end quote, as per the criminal complaint filed in the case. Rosk claimed he had found Kavanaugh's address on the Internet, and indeed he had, because Kavanaugh's address was posted by Ruth Sintas on May 4, 2022. According to the group, quote, Our 6-3 extremist Supreme Court routinely issues rulings that hurt women, racial minorities, LGBTQ+, and immigrant rights. We must rise up to force accountability using a, quote, diversity of tactics. A diversity of tactics that include, as Lori Lightfoot of Chicago said, while she wasn't handling the crime in her city, she was tweeting, saying, to my friends in the LGBTQ community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. So you have a right to bear arms if you're going to assassinate Supreme Court justices. And the thing is, even if you protest outside of a a judge's house, or a juror, or a witness, court officer, anybody, if you intimidate, attempt to influence, uh, coerce, etc., a court officer, a juror, a judge, a witness, that is a felony under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507, picketing or parading. If you attempt to assassinate a judge, let alone a federal judge, let alone a Supreme Court judge, and the media won't talk about it because they're too busy saying that white people are the cause of all problems. White people, and especially young white men, are the cause of all of the problems. They don't care that a young 26-year-old attempted to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. And that's not the accusation. He admitted it to the FBI. You might wonder, what is going on here? It seems like everybody is confused. It seems like chaos rules the day. 
it feels like we're living in some upside-down reality. If we continue at the pace that we are on right now, in the next few decades, the entire population of this planet, especially the United States, is going to be LGBTQ+. That's not an exaggeration. That is statistically viable. It's like Bill Maher said, either California is creating people that are trans, gay, etc. Or other places that are more conservative are ruthlessly suppressing them. It shouldn't be that you go to a liberal city and everybody's gay, everybody's trans. But if you go to a more conservative city, you just don't find that. But what you do find is that when, when people are married and have children, despite the fact that TV and movies and stuff tells us otherwise... When people are in true, happy relationships, like real relationships, they're happier. There's less stress. People enjoy life. It's not that you can't enjoy life if you're gay. Of course you can. But that's, that's kind of the, the issue here, isn't it? Because gay people and feminists, queer people, even trans people, have been overshadowed by this LGBTQ plus thing where gay movements and pride don't matter so much anymore. Gay people don't matter to those movements much anymore. Feminism doesn't really matter anymore. What matters is the cult, the flag, the rainbow. What matters is a symbol that is a bridge to another world, a bridge to the upside-down world. You know, the rainbow is a symbol of God and man, man and God, heaven and earth, earth and heaven. A promise to man, a covenant between God and man, between heaven and earth, a bridge between the two worlds. As earth is a downward reflection of heaven, it goes without saying that the rainbow is a bridge to the upside-down world of the divine. And in the upside-down world, in the inverted, distorted world, Men are women, women are men. Left is right, right is left, up is down, down is up. And the fundamental laws of physics in that universe are inverted and distorted. And the colors of the rainbow are grayed, black and white, fading into a grotesque expression of chaos. And it's that thing that the Joker said about chaos. What is chaos? It's fair, it's equal, it's equitable, it's just. Chaos is fairness, chaos is equality. And because people like Nicholas John Rosk feels that women are losing their rights, the media doesn't care if he goes and attempts to assassinate a Supreme Court justice. Because that's all part of the plan. Nobody panics. But when people ask questions about the plan, people ask questions about that bridge, that rainbow, then suddenly everybody loses their minds. That's not part of the plan. You feel things getting darker, more black and white, more gray, less colorful, less comical we can't laugh at ourselves we can't laugh at others movements agree with them or not like movements for pride or movements for feminism have been overshadowed by this dark cloud 
that is gobbling everything up like a black hole, like a bagel with everything. Consuming everything. Fading, the rainbow is, into a grotesque expression of chaos. And the thing about chaos is, it's fair. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. John Peasy, the ventriloquist and comedian, coming up in the next hour here on the broadcast. rdgable at yahoo.com. Please leave us a review on the many radio and podcast players. Check out our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe to our archive to get access to the montages, the digital books, early access to the show, private RSS feed, and you'll also get access to, uh, to download the show with no advertisements. If you want Clyde Lewis's archive on Ground Zero, that's a separate archive on Aftermath, so go check that out as well. Stay with us. There's more after this. And again, John Peasy coming up in the next hour. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info this is linda godfrey author of monsters among us and you are listening to the secret teachings with ryan gable broadcasting from somewhere between heaven hell and purgatory it's the secret teachings on ground zero radio release the kraken you could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call out to the 
followed back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight. If you have an opportunity to visit our website, thesecretteachings.info, please check out our affiliate sponsors, our Patreon page. Most importantly, my books. You can read reviews on the website, Occult Arcana, The Technological Elixir, and Food Philosophy. You get uh, free digital copies of those books when you subscribe to our full show archive, when you subscribe, buy a book, that's what supports us and keeps us on air Monday through Friday, five nights a week, here exclusively on Ground Zero Radio after Clyde Lewis, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific Standard Time. Entering into our second week now on Ground Zero Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Dot com. And this hour, this segment and the final segment, we have a special treat for you tonight. Our first guest here on The Secret Teachings since we moved over to Ground Zero Radio. He's a longtime listener of The Secret Teachings. He's a friend of ours, and he's been on the show before. John Peasy, johnpeasy.com. John, I just noticed that uh, that music was uh, very ominous coming into this break for uh, a comedian. Actually, when first of all, I'm a big fan of your work, as you know. And uh, even though the music may be ominous, I when I come to talk to you, I always wonder whether we should be funny or serious because a lot of the stuff that you talk about is really serious. It's even though it can be comical, but it's it is really serious. No, you're uh, also right, congratulations you're right, on Ground Zero. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I mean, I should congratulate you on uh, all the all the things you've done in life. I mean, the stuff I've seen, the pictures, and you know, all the success that you've had. You know, I've not followed you for as long as you followed me, but uh, I guess congratulations for all the success you've had in life, John. I think you deserve more personally. Um, now, I'm just and I, and I'm I just sitting here I in a studio. Coming. I'm just sitting here in a studio behind a mic. It's you know, it's like theater for the ugly. <laughs> And I always say I'm just a guy doing B jokes with talk. So it's the same thing, right? So <laughs> yeah. it's the same. You know what I mean? Which, uh, which however, I will say, I want, I want to say something too. That's really interesting here. I listen to your show often and, and I need, and I'm a big fan also, uh, of ground zero to begin with. And, and, uh, your boss, I guess if you will, if you, if you boss, I just have a hard time listening to his shows because there's so many commercials every 10 minutes. It's, it gets difficult, but I don't listen to, I guess I don't podcast, but, um, I, I listen to your stuff and I love the way you deep dive into everything and I love deep diving into things and it seems to me that I wonder if I could actually do it consistently five days a week the way you do it. It takes a lot of time, effort, research, delving in and, and all of that adds up to um, spinning your brain, going to sleep and doing it again. I would imagine it's really difficult to maintain that schedule without burning out your brain at some point it's a fair it's a fair question a fair thought a fair thought people ask me that all the time and uh, i feel that if i don't have this i really don't know what to do like i always am stressed to get time off and then when i get time off 
I'm stressed because I don't have a show to prepare for. So it's kind of a catch 22. You know, that's, that's how I feel. You say that. That's so interesting because when I was younger, because I'm getting old now, clearly, um, clearly (laughs) by the chins and lack of hair, (laughs) I I could tell you, (laughs) yeah, and more things that I want to, I won't say on the radio. Um, and you know where that goes, but I hope you do. But when I was younger, I do remember like going on vacation, like, you know, to the Bahamas or something, couldn't wait to get to that spot. And then I'm sitting there laying on the beach and I'm thinking about all the things I want to do. And I remember thinking I'm robbing myself of this moment, constantly robbing myself of every moment, futurizing about all the things I wanted to do. But that was the time that you could sit back and pull back and think about what you really want to do. So it's almost like the vacation is not a place to relax and, and rewind. It's a place to refocus in a sense. Yes, that's the, I, I, I agree with that assessment. And, and you decided in that moment uh, that you would just tell D jokes. <laughs> not necessarily then, but <laughs> later on, later <laughs> I was on. actually a kid's show. I was a kid's show performer when I first started, believe it or not. I don't think you told me that you did kids shows. Yeah. In the eighties. Yeah, I did. I did. I was like, a, I hate to say this. It's so, it sounds so silly. I was a really successful children's performer. I started as a magician when I first started doing magic and then, and the trolloc was in lightly. And, and I started doing, I, there was no way for me to get to the market. I did so many different jobs. I just wanted to do magic. I loved the magic. And then suddenly doing kid shows um, was like, I guess the easier in the more accessible and it wasn't going to work into a corporate market at that point. I wasn't ready. And I grew into that market for 10 years. And I did kids uh, shows successfully for a long time. I made really good money. Make, I made a great living as a kid performer and became, um, I always tell people, I did kids shows for years and I'm innocent of every charge. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if the, if the eugenicists and the globalists and the corporate fascist banking cartels get their way, you'd be out of a job anyway because there won't be any more kids, no more families. All the comedians yeah. would be out of a job. Well, where does the adrenochrome come from then? There has to be some kids left for them. Yeah, there has to be some uh, kids. They'll get them across the border. <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about that today uh, across the border because um, I was thinking, like, what's the difference between, like, the U.S. and Ukraine? Well, Ukraine protects its border. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I know. I've, sa- I've said that for weeks now. I, I, I keep telling people. You have people in America that hate American flags. They hate the border and they hate nationality, but they'll fly a foreign country's flag to support their nationality over a border dispute. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy. Now that's um, funny. It, it, it's, it, it's, it, well, it's sad. And <laughs> you, see, you see how the sadness and the funny come together? Because the truth really is painful. So you have to make humor of it. Otherwise, you'll just be depressed. So there's, there's this, that's the funny thing about humor. It pinpoints so many different, um, there's so many ways to pinpoint humor. But that's one of the strongest of them. I also wrote this thing the other day, which I was going to post, and I didn't post it because I didn't want to hear the feedback of the cancel culture. But I wrote this joke. Uh, I said, Stacey Abrams has a new documentary. It's called 2,000 Meals. <laughs> 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 and, here, and here's the funny part. The tag is, I know it's true because I had it fact checked. Now, <laughs> independent. These were independent fact checkers. I independent assume. fact check. Yeah. There you go. So I thought that was really a good joke. And I said, I'm going to put this up on Twitter or Facebook and I'm going to take me down. I know it. And I said, so I didn't put it up. And and so now I'm actually being censored by my own self. 
Well, that's the whole point. That that's where we get we get to that point where we start to censor ourselves because we're worried about either offending people or be in in some places like Canada, they have laws against saying certain things against certain groups of people. They want to restrict not only your ability to communicate to be able to express yourself, but the intention is to also force you to say certain things that you don't want to say. That's also a way in which free speech can be stifled by having to use certain pronouns, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of different ways that free speech can be stifled. It's not just the restricting of speech. It's also forcing you to say things that you don't want to say, which I would assume as a comedian, you know, it's becoming harder and harder to make, you know, to make stupid jokes because people get offended by almost everything. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld said that a lot of other famous comedians have said that Dave Chappelle got attacked on stage by some psychopath guy in the audience I mean, it's, I don't know, did you ever get scared? I know somebody threw something at you one time, didn't they? <laughs> yes, they did. That was years ago before the cancel culture came into uh, effect. But uh, I don't know if I told you recently, I did have somebody, I, I don't know if I, last time I spoke to you, I, I had a story where I was doing a one night or restaurant comedy night or something in Long Island and, and um, I got canceled. I didn't know it was being canceled at the moment. I believe it was that. Um, you see, well, just to preface this, I, I don't do one, I'm not a one trick pony kind of guy when it comes to humor and stuff. So I, I, I could do a family show. I could do kids. I could do adults. I could do clean. I could do corporate. I can, I could perform for, I write roasts very often where I, I go out and just rip. And I love, and I love, by the way, out of all of them, I mean, I like performing in all the different ways, but I think doing dirty jokes and having the freedom to say what you wish and roast interact with people on a level where you could just cajole back and forth like a tennis match is the best kind of comedy because it's real, it's live, it's in the moment. And it's almost like if I was a musician, you'd be considered a jazz player. Do you feel the, the band breaks and, the, and you go off? Do you feel that improv or, or, or something akin to improv, even if you plan a little bit, you feel like a, a spiritual energy that kind of drives you forward to to make those jokes and to make those comments. I mean, I feel that in I feel that in radio, uh, pretty much every I'm show. I what, I'm not clear about what you mean by that. What, clarify, just clarify that. I don't know. It's like a like when I prepare a lot, John. I feel that I'm going to have a really great show, and then I do it, and I think maybe it's subconscious. I'm I'm over preparing, so I'm overthinking it. But shows where I just have an idea, which is most shows, I sit down, I have no notes, it's totally improv on a theme, whatever my promo picture is, my theme. And then I, at, the, at the end of that, I feel like something was speaking through me and communicating my, my deep subconscious, unconscious, and conscious thoughts. And uh, it feels like I'm channeling something. I'm not intending to do that. I, I think that's the, the higher self, the spirit, the soul, guardian angel, whatever you want to call it. Does that make sense? Absolutely on point. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And yes, that's kind of what I mean about that improv in that moment of interacting with people. Yeah. Because when, when comedy is like ping pong in the sense that you're hitting the ball and you have to have somebody to hit it back to you, there's, there's a give and take constantly happening in ever flow between you and an audience or people that you're entertaining. Just like when you're saying you're speaking on your show. And I don't even like to prepare a lot, but like what we're doing right now. We didn't have any agenda when we came here today, right? Even some people would say, you think, think Ryan would actually prepare? 
actually brings the communion. But no, we just said, let's go with the flow, right? Because it's natural and it's real. It's not scripted. Um, when, when, you, when we don't script something, you are speaking from a, an internal, an external that's coming through you and out of you. I consider it to be like a stream of consciousness that's invisible floating oh, yes. above our heads that we dip into, kind of. That's why I like to have ideas. When ideas come into my mind, the first thing I think of is I have to act on this very quickly because that stream is, is for everyone to pull from. And if I don't grab a hold of it, somebody else will take it so, soon. And I see this happens all the time. So you're like you're like a comedian philosopher then? No, I'm not. No. I okay. do the D jokes. I do the D jokes. <laughs> I'm a deep person externally, uh, internally rather, and out externally I'm, I'm – Doing the D jokes for the dummy, you know it's it's. Uh, I'm I'm a, a very split. I mean, being a ventriloquist, you're a split personality to begin with. You're playing two characters, right? Well, I'm split that way as well. I mean, I don't think people really like the real me, which I'm speaking to you with right now. They like the guy that goes out with the dummy and does the nasty stuff and, and the interaction. Um, but I never do it with any intention of ill will, anger, hate. Um, my it's always pure intention of just making people laugh and giving them what they need at that moment. It has nothing to do with a, an agenda behind it. Now, when I was younger, I will say that um, you do it for different reasons. When you when I, you first start doing comedy, when I first started, even with kids shows back in the 80s, you're doing it because you're getting something out of it. And then as I got older, I really feel now, and I, can, I know this is true to you too, I'm sure, that I feel like I'm bringing something to it. But you're not, you're, you, you've not been charged yet. For the kids' shows, right? <laughs> I want to I clarify that for the audience. But, I mean, that's the thing about comedy is there are comedians that are, let's say for lack of a better word, they have very strong political views that I don't necessarily agree with or align with. But I can appreciate if they're a good comedian, if they write good jokes or if they're good at the improv, whatever they do. I can appreciate that even if I don't agree with them politically or whatever. And that, I mean, comedy is that, I think that that thing that is able to help us to determine where the line in the sand is and, and to push that line, to push that barrier and, and to see how far, um, I, I, I would say how developed we are intellectually. Like, can we, can we take a joke or are we going to be offended by, by a silly comment? And the more, People are offended by those things, John. I feel like that is indicative of a regression, not a progression. Even if those who want to cancel everything consider themselves to be progressive, it's a regression of civilization and society, I think, when we can't laugh at other people or laugh at ourselves within good fun. I don't know. What do you think about that? Very well said. Very well said. Um, And obviously when you say that we are intelligent people to be able to take the puns and the, the darts from a comedian. Obviously we're not because the society that we're in right now does not reflect that at all. No, it's very, it's Unless, very gray. It's like, it's, it's so gray and lacking color that it's depressing, which is why again, you have to laugh. Agree. But unless, there's a small percentage making a lot of noise for the large percentage, which is kind of what I see going on right now. I mean, everyone's worried about what you're going to say in lieu of the people around them, as opposed to their own feelings, which is really what cancel culture kind of boils down to on some level. I have a woman um, that I'm doing this weekend for an event and 
I have several character dummies. One is an old man that's hateful and whiny and complaining about his wife, etc. I have another one named Andy that comes out. Basically, he does all ethnic jokes, like, you know, Italian, Irish, Jewish, Polk, classic. I, I, think I, I think I like Andy. I love that. Despite one of my favorite characters, actually. And then I have a little um, a black character named Smokey, who's a pimp from, like, throwback from, like, the 80s and 70s and 90s, I guess, kind of a pimp. And he's an angry black guy that, um, I guess the best way to describe him is he's pompous. Like he, he's not ill-willed or mean intention, but he's pompous. He's kind of an arrogant, I almost think, arrogant pimp. Um, not arrogant. You know, I can't, I don't know if arrogant is the word I'm thinking. It's a good question. Cause I never, you know, I never, <laughs> I never, destruct, I never, I never deconstruct the characters this way, but, but I, I consider it, if I had to make a comparison to like, when you looked at the old Colonel Clink was from that old series. Uh, back in the day, Colonel Klink was uh, was with the Germans and they were uh, Nazis. And he was Colonel Klink was like this big, overweight Nazi guy. And he was an idiot, really. But yet he was in control and, and during the Nazi war. So it, it's almost like that's kind of like what this character is. He, he's he's not really smart. And, and yet you, lo- you still love him because you understand his vulnerabilities. But he's a black character. But the point was is that I'm doing an event this weekend, and the woman, I, she says, you can do anything you want. Have a good time. Wow, we, we want to laugh. These people are ready to laugh. We've been sitting inside for too long. And yeah, great. And then I said, okay, great. I'm going to bring Smokey and this and that. And she goes, what? And I explained Smokey to her. And she goes, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And then she emails me now later. I goes, you know, I think it's fine, but... Um, I have a gentleman of color there. I think that maybe it would be problematic. And, I, and, I, and we spoke about it. And I said, I'll do whatever you wish. But the bottom line is she is offended for someone else before it's even presented. So she's, a, presented she's offended at. for him. Yes. On behalf and I see of this him. happening all the time. This happens all the time, everywhere. People will negate things due to their worrying about somebody else's feelings, which their feelings may not even be equal to theirs. Yet we don't know because of what they're doing already. Now, of course, it's, it's also it's weird really, that you, you have, I'm assuming, some some woman who's not, you know, she's not poor. She's having an event. She's hiring a comedian. So you have this kind of white left-leaning, I would assume, or at least white woman who's going to speak for a black man and, and, and tell you that she thinks he'd be offended, so don't do it. That seems weird to me. It is, and that's the reality. It's it's bizarro, and it's and by the way, that bizarre that little context that we're just speaking about right now is the bizarre reality that we're living in on a larger scale. Scale that once you scale that up, oh, that's a, really what's going on. Yeah, it's a, it's it's absolutely a microcosm, and you know, yeah. for, for for listeners who don't know, uh, John Peasy is our guest this evening. J o h n p i z z i johnpeasy.com. Uh, John is a ventriloquist comedian. He does a little bit of everything from uh, ventriloquism to D jokes, as, as he said. Uh, John's been on the show before. Again, johnpeasy.com. This is the Secret Teachings Ground Zero Radio. Uh, I, I do want to ask you about some of your other um, ventriloquist acts. I saw a picture of you with President Biden uh, on Facebook, and um, I, I thought that was interesting. You met the president. Can you tell us a little about that. It's the, I have a, a Biden dummy which we may all have and a Trump dummy and a Hillary and her husband, Bill. So I have all these 
different dummies. Now those and, those you keep locked away in a cage, right? Those are in like a, a little cell. <laughs> yeah, and Biden every time I speak to him, he's like, <laughs> so I got both of the, the you know, it's funny because when it, it's so interesting to see how people behave when you bring out these characters. It's really it's crazy. It's almost it, it, I, I, every time I take one of them out. I, it's hard to know where we're going to go. It's hard to know how the audience is going to react. I can generally now tell, depending on if somebody's leaning left or right, how they'll behave. But it doesn't mean that it's always the same. So the the Biden puppet, interestingly enough, as I take him out and perform him for any event, it, it seems like people don't like him. If they don't, for the most part, I would say uh, the, the people that come to see comedy are more right than left, apparently, um, because they're the ones who are going to spend the money. I, I mean, if you think about it, if you're, I, I don't want to be derogatory either, but if you're red haired and look like Captain America and you're looking to get a free handout, you're not looking to spend money to go see that guy who's going to put down things and make fun of him and do the D jokes. You're going to, that's not your, your thing. I would imagine. But the guy who owns the construction company with a hundred employees is going to come out and is going to love seeing Biden sniff somebody and fall down. So, <laughs> so he does that. He'll do that during the show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah that's, that's and great. the same thing like the Trump, I, I would take out the Trump dummy and, and, uh, people go nuts. They love him. They want to take pictures with him. And then when they take pictures with the Biden, they want to choke him. for the most part, my audiences, generally speaking, I mean, and I'm not being derogatory with Biden. I'm not, I'm just saying this is what's happening this in is, my, this is the, world. this is the, the dummy. Yes, of course. I mean yeah. that that doesn't that doesn't clarify anything. <laughs> uh, now, now when I, you you, I, you have a very interesting way of doing the ventriloquism because I know for all the other all the other dummies it's the standard way. You know, you have it's a very complex mechanism. But for for those of you, those of you who don't know, the Biden dummy he actually puts his hand in your pants and in, in in the back of your shirt. Right, that's how you do it. That's exactly it. As a matter of fact, and and I've been broken and hurt since then, in, in the last couple of years. I, you know, honestly, what's going on in this world right now, I, I feel, and I mentioned this to somebody last night as I'm packing up something in my garage, I, I, I feel as if, if there is a timeline that we all live on, I think it's split and we got caught on the wrong side of it. That's kind of the way I'm feeling lately. I feel like we're in a bad movie and I, 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 I'm, I, if, let's, let's imagine for a moment there is a timeline and that timeline splits out into several different directions. I felt like, you know, we were on this timeline growing along really well and we just split one way or the other. That was not the one that I wanted to be part of. And I'm, I'm really disappointed in the way the world is going and what's happening. Now, I, if somebody could tell me I'm wrong and, and explain to me why it's going to be so much better, I'm all open for it. I'm, I'm not uh, ever not open to listening to anyone with a different opinion. But I truly don't see it going in the right direction. I know it's a very negative outlet. I try to be positive and that's why the only thing you can do with it is make fun of it in my eyes. No, I you agree. Beauty's in, in the eye of the beer holder, you know, that that's the reason I think so many people are willing to, I mean, even if they're, I mean, whether it's George Bush or even, you know, we, we people made fun of Barack Obama to some extent and, you know, it's it's weird because like if you made fun of George Bush, that was all in good fun. I mean, you know, he's going to put food on your family, not on the table. He's going to, you know, 
all those famous George Bush quotes, you know, we're going to catch the terrorists and then watch this drive. And then he hits the golf ball like that's classic. But, you know, it, it got weird with Obama because if you made any kind of similar joke, he, I mean, Obama rarely messed up when he spoke. He was very uh, articulate, but sometimes he would mess up. People make fun of Obama. Then it was considered racist. And then you make fun of Trump and that's considered in good fun. But if you make fun of Joe Biden, then you're making fun of uh uh, of a person who wants to help minorities. And it, it's weird that like everything I did a show on this recently, like everything has to be political. UFOs are political, John comedy's yeah. political, which I mean, comedy is political, but we, we, I, I feel like we used to be able to laugh at everybody at everything at both sides. And then it's gotten weird in the last decade. More than weird, more than weird. And you're right. And, and I think it's better. And, and it's interesting with, I'll do a company party, let's say for some corporate event. If it's a big company corporate, everything I have to say is, is monitored. Make sure you don't, I think, I, I don't know if I mentioned to you, I mean, uh, one event um, AT&T years ago said, don't say ladies and gentlemen. And I'm like, what do you mean? We don't want to separate men and women. Just don't say, say folks, say group. Don't say ladies and gentlemen. I'm like, well, that's what's there. <laughs> you know, that's what they are. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And so this creates what I call velvet handcuffs. You get job that pays a lot of money. You're, it's an easy thing. You have to go in there and blow smoke on everybody, make them happy and walk out and nobody gets hurt. And it's like, am I true to myself at that moment? No, not at all. I'm actually playing a part of your game that you're asking me to do. I'm not truly being in the moment and doing what's right. I'm, I'm doing what's been told. I think I'd dilemma for comedy. And it's the same way if you were on terrestrial radio or actually, you know, being told what you can and can't do. You you don't have that issue here. But for the most part, if you were on ABC every day, you'd be limited. Yeah. You know, I used to have that problem with uh, Dark Matter Radio and uh, WPRK where I first started. And nothing when I was on the fringe FM, nothing. I mean, I've only been here a week, but I don't think they're going to try to censor me here on Ground Zero Radio. So. Yeah, I, I, but I've I've experienced that before. I mean, what you probably should have said, we got to take a break here in a second. You, you you probably should have said, okay, I won't say ladies and gentlemen, and just get up there and be like, all right, penises and vaginas, and uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that that'll make sure I get my check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, johnpeasy dot com. Johnpeasy dot com is the website. Uh, what was that? I said, that is the history. I said, when it comes to gender, I figured it all out. I just pull open my pants and look straight down, and I think I know what I am. There's no thinking about it. <laughs> John Peasy, an intellectual comedy genius. JohnPeasy.com. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more with John after this. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. The website, thesecretteachings.info. We have another show. We did a full show with John. Laugh or Die in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. There's more after this. Stay with us on Ground Zero Radio, the music tonight, White Bat Audio. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. It's The Secret Teachings. 
one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Want to hear more of the Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm Ryan Gable, your host. We're here tonight with our friend, the one and only John Peasy, johnpeasy.com. That's P-I-Z-Z-I. Ventriloquist, comedian, a little bit of everything. John's been on the show before. We did a show called Laugh or Die. It's in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. It's a really good show, really funny show. Like you said at the beginning of the broadcast, uh, this hour, uh, we don't really know what to do sometimes. I don't know if it's we're supposed to be funny or we're supposed to be serious, but I, I, I think there's a balance, as we discussed earlier, that can be struck there between the, the seriousness and, the, and, the, and the, the comical nature of things because we, we, we really do need to laugh at things or we become hysterical and we're laughing, but we're not really in control of the laughing, and, and that's, not, that's not good either. Totally agreed. And uh, it's, it's interesting, too, that because anyone that's listening to this right now would think that I'm not funny. Because this is not yeah, this, this guy's boring. It's really, who I really am? Yeah, they probably think they, they think this guy's boring. Tell a joke, you right? Know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that guy's not funny. He's, he's like he should write a book on. on so it, you know, life is life is strange. So I, 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 what I try to do is, I think about all these things. I think about comedy all the time. As a matter of fact. When it comes to comedy, it, it's the most important thing in our lives. If you think about what's happened over the last couple of years with this pandemic and everything else, there's no way um, that I could, I think we could even get through it without laughter. I mean, laughter is, is everything. It, it's the one thing that during the pandemic, they couldn't take away from you. They told you wear a mask. They told you don't, don't go out, wash your this, do this, don't do that, don't fly. All the things close your business. But they can never take away what's internal to you, which is humor love happiness it's it's an ex, it's an internal concept that can't be taken away uh, and if you look at the people in auschwitz they they actually humor was probably the things that kept them alive as well you can't take these things away when they're internal to you and so when you focus on the internal you're always on purpose 
when you're focused on the external, you're off purpose, if you will. Yeah, no, no, that makes sense. In fact, um, I don't think, I, I believe that you can't take that away, but for some that might not have strong constitutions and strong will, you can certainly suppress it to the point of depression and suicidal thoughts and tendencies, which is what, you know, lockdowns and uh, all the stress and, and now with supply chain issues, artificial or otherwise, energy costs going up, food costs going up, gas prices going up, you know, people feel the, the pressure and uh, life starts to feel, feel a little bit worse than it was yesterday. But, you know, the thing is, it's like, the, the world really isn't that bad, despite the fact that we shouldn't have to pay $5 a gallon for gas. We have uh, virtually unlimited energy, virtually unlimited resources, virtually unlimited food. Like we have such an abundance, we don't know what to do with it. But our attention, our energy, our focus is on the scarcity because that creates fear, that creates uncertainty, that creates uh, a, a desire and a need for somebody to fix our problems which is what a lot of politicians run on, create problems and then propose that they can solve the problem. So we can't take it away, but for a lot of people, it can be highly, highly suppressed and very, very buried in the back of the mind. And we have to draw that, draw that out. And, and, and the best way to do that, I think, is with comedy. Agree. I think you have a really good, surprisingly, um, you have a really good take on it because I don't think most people see it the way you're, you're explaining it, but that's, that's very true. Very, very true. And by the way, when it comes to humor too, there's different facets of this. I mean, it's not generic. It's not like, oh, that all falls into one category. There's, there's so many different facets to it. It's like a diamond. You know, you, there's, there's clean, there's dirty, there's interactive, there's blood really diamonds. Dark. Yeah. Huh? I said there's blood, bl- diamonds. There's blood yeah. diamonds, you know, a little bit of everything. <laughs> there's a pun. There's blood diamonds. Speaking of diamonds, it's a great joke like that. This is um old joke. I did this as far. There's a, a 95-year-old man, let's call him Mr. Stein. He comes into a jewelry store with a really hot 25-year-old girl wearing high heels, fishnets, and a short dress. Gorgeous. Head to toe. And he walks in, and he's like 95 years old. He walks in the jewelry store. He goes, uh, I'd like, I like to do, uh, buy a little diamond uh, ring for my girl here. And the, diamond, the guy pulls out a couple of rings, and he goes, 3,000, 5,000. And he goes, no, 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 no. Look at this beautiful specimen woman. I want... Something better. He pulls out these couple rings, 10,000, 20,000. He goes, no, no, no. You see this woman? I want the best ring you got. So he goes in the back, comes back out with this beautiful ring, like $50,000, big diamond, and uh, little diamonds on the side. And uh, he goes, that's the one I want. And the girl is jumping up and down with joy. She is like hanging on to the old man, hugging him, kissing him. And uh, the jeweler says, how would you like to pay for it? And he goes, I want, he goes, look, it's Friday afternoon. He goes, I I'll write a check today, clean it up, get it polished and ready, put it in the box. We'll come back here Monday afternoon and pick it up. After the check clears, and we'll have a good time on Monday. He says, okay. So I'll see you Monday afternoon. Uh, Monday morning, the jeweler calls and goes, Mr. Stein? He goes, yes. He goes, there's no money in your account for the check. He goes, let me tell you about the weekend that I had. (laughs) 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 That's a long way to go for that joke, but it's a cute joke. Speaking of diamonds. Well, you know what? Time joke. You know that reminds me of. It's funny because you know have you have. Um, I don't know if you ever heard this before. You do a lot of Jewish functions, don't you? Yeah, lately I don't know how this happened, but um, yeah, I, I, I and I ended up making a rabbi dummy. You made a rabbi dummy. Rabbi. Yeah, rabbi Kovach. Is, is he kosher? Yes, he's kosher. As a matter of fact, the best joke I do with the <laughs> dummy, I love it. It's my favorite joke. Is he says to me, "You should be Jewish. You should convert." And I'm like, "I'm Christian. How could I convert?" He goes, 
I know a guy that's a moyo. And I go, well, wait a minute. Uh, what does that mean? And he goes, don't worry about it. I got a pocket knife. I'll do it myself. <laughs> and I'm like, I said, I don't want to go into this half cock. And he goes, now you're funny. <laughs> and the best line, the best line, of the whole thing is I say, wait a minute. Do you mean to tell me you can convert me from a Christian to a Jew? And he goes, if you don't stand still, I'll turn you from a man to a woman. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a, that's a rough one today though. Well, it's, it's not, it's not rough for a, a, a crowd that's secular. Well, well, well yeah, of <laughs> it, course. <laughs> yeah. In the Jewish community, I don't, I don't do that really. Cause they, they, they would be very upset. I mean, I'm just curious where you be in a, in a Jewish community. Um, I mean, I've read about the origin of, of, of words. I love the origin of words. It's interesting because, you know, Jewish communities used to be hubs of, of actual jewelry. So like Jewish people used to sell jewelry, gold, silver. That's why a lot of Jewish people have Goldstein, Silverstein. Um, and, and of course, Jew, the, the word Jew is in jewelry. Uh, people told me that's like that's, that's a cons- true, an- anti-Semitic conspiracy. That, no, I think it's just the or- kind of partially the origin of the word. Historically, there's a relationship. Go ahead. See, now, I, I don't know that, Ryan, but I, I do know that that's a good question. I'd like to delve in. See, there's there's a rabbit hole that I could spend time in. See, but I understand that they use the word L, E-L, and everything. There's Like the one's name is Raquel, uh-huh. and all the temples, the temple Beth L, because El, I don't know if it's from Elohim or I'm not sure. And I remember hearing something about El is in everything because they put it all into all the names because of where its origin comes from. I remember hearing about it. I don't know if I recall the whole story of it, but it's very important, the El. Are you aware of that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's Angel, Temple, uh, uh cathedral um i mean they might not be el but le it's a similar pronunciation but it yeah, it's and all the angels it's Raphael, uh, uh gabriel michael etc yeah it's it's a divine i don't know the specific origins of the el but yes i believe it's derived from the elohim so it references the gods it references the angels uh, the divine things of that nature you know um and i'm a big fan of him he just passed away he said you said you knew him too he was old really good at all. He knew everything about all that. Uh, oh, Mr. Maxwell. School. Yeah. Mr. Maxwell is gone. Yeah. I was always hoping to interview Maxwell. Never got a chance. to. That's unfortunate. We could have, we could have set that up or maybe even done a round table. Jordan was a really great guy. He was, he ended up being happy at the end of his life. So that made me happy. Ended up being happy or unhappy. You said, no, he ended up being happy at the end of his life. He was always so depressed. You hear him come on the show. He's like, he's like, yeah, the court system, they got you by the balls and it's a tennis court and basketball and they play with your balls. <laughs> he'd always, he'd always <laughs> say that and talk about, talk about things like, uh, I don't know. You don't talk about, I love the wording, the word play like marriage. You know, you get married, uh, you have a business partner and then you have this marriage contract and you show each other the goods on wedding night. And then you, you know, there's all these, all these connections to uh, things like maritime law with, you know, your house being underwater and the yeah. currency of a right. river, a river bank, a bank, a bank where the money is. So, yeah. It's fascinating. It's unbelievably fascinating. And, and, and it's again, another rabbit hole that you go into. Um, I, I, I actually interviewed one person. We didn't really get into it with him, but I'd love to have him on again. It was Marty Leeds too. It was another guy. Was Marty like Leeds. Guy. Yeah. Yeah. I've had him on several yeah, times. Really fascinating guy. And um, I remember when I was, researching Marty Leeds and Maxwell a lot. They did a lot of this stuff about uh, the word, not, not L, but Allah, which meant the cube of God, that the God created the world in like six days and rested on the seventh and all that. And, and the cube has six sides, which is rests on the seventh. I remember Marty doing all of that stuff. And that, 
and it created just on the base of the sense of man and and the symbol and, the symbol, and Saturn was Cronus if I remember correctly and uh, he keeps you in the 3D by eating you or something. Well, there's you know a, more about this stuff than I do. Oh yeah, yeah. There's the the Greek uh, Cronos, the the Roman Saturn. There's a book written by a guy named David Fiddler or Fiddler. I, th- I think it's Fiddler. I think it's I think it's Fiddler, but it's called uh, Jesus Christ, Son of God, S U N, and it's looking at the Bible and uh, some myth, uh, even music, and it's looking at it through a geometrical point of view, and he mm-hmm. and, and a numerical point of view, and he. He describes that cube as if you look at the different points in space, uh, two-dimensionally, three-dimensionally. He talks about how it emanates the seven points, the seven divine rays of light, the different parts of the, the, of the square of the cube uh, emanate from an eighth, now, as, an eighth point. Wait, what's that's that? fascinating. And as, that's fascinating. As humans, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just get excited. I think about this in my mind. No, that's okay. I'm going <laughs> I don't think it so. As humans, uh, is that the truth? Or are we just placing our analytical template on top of something that we see to connect things? And, and I always throw that out and have doubt because of our, the way we think in humanity, our minds, the way we analytically break things apart and compartmentalize things. Of course. No, that's a, that's, a, that's a great point, actually, because I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it makes sense uh, geometrically if you look at those stories. I mean, even... In that book uh, that I mentioned, Jesus Christ, Son of God, he describes uh, even Jesus feeding the crowd of people with the fish and the loaves of bread, uh, that that is a, a geometrical, mathematical uh, analogy. That one was a little bit more complicated. I'm not a, I'm not a mathematician, but I mean, a lot, of it, a lot of it relates to numbers. And when you think of what numbers are, they're just, it's like letters. They're things, vibration, they have value. Um, it's like the green code in the right. matrix. It's this underlying current that animates reality. Uh, geometry, sacred geometry, uh, math, whatever. Right. I love that. I, I love thinking about that too. And I like looking, and that's what Marty was talking about too. And I do remember, not to, to redirect this, but I do remember, um, I think it was Maxwell that said that the, because we were talking about the Jews and the AL, was that the Jews were originally Phoenicians, if I was correct. I think that's what he used to say, and that they worshiped Saturn. That's where the Star Am of David right? comes. Yeah, that's where the Star of David comes from. It's the Saturn star. Saturn star and the Saturn is an ancient Phoenician was called El El, the house of El El, mm-hmm. which Jews go to, and he used to say that Jews go to the temple, Tempel on Saturdays, yep. on Saturn's day. Saturn's day, that's exactly. I mean, yes, the, yeah. it is the star of David, but it's also it's the pyramid of the triangle with a base on Earth pointing up, which is man reaching to heaven. It's also the symbol of fire or the phallus, and then you have the triangle with the base in heaven which is god reaching down to the point which is down to earth to man so it's kind of like the uh the painting of of god and adam touching fingers but when you merge the two together you get the phallus the fire the active which is the pyramid going up and then the pyramid going down is the uh the the uh, passive force of the female the water so when you combine the two together it's this alchemical um transformation merging the two together which is the whole point of alchemy so you have the black and the white merged together so it is saturn but it's also a very ancient mystical symbol that deals with alchemy and uh, geometry and also just you know binary life i love this, I love this. as you as, you, as you're saying it's coming into my brain and i'm and i'm like picturing it all and, and i'm like i want more and more i want to eat more and more of that um, information and at the same time we're probably putting people to sleep. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it is it is late where most people are listening to this, but 
I mean, I have um, I have all this various parts of 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 uh, the book, but I have all this in, in, book. in my book, Occult Arcana. Yeah, it's a shameless plug. And I have your book, and you, I mentioned you it earlier. I I I've looked at it many many times. I find it difficult to comprehend for some reason. I I maybe I'm. I mean, I don't know if I have OCD or I don't know what it is that goes on in my brain, but I, 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 it's a lot of info. It's a lot of info. It's a real lot to digest. It's, it's really well, really well done too. I think it's, it has to be digested a little at a time. You've got to be eaten like sugar. (laughs) You like me, you, you, we've, I mean, I've said this for a long time. I'm I'm an infomaniac and you said you're an infomaniac. Mm -hmm. Um, the the occult arcane is like an orgy. It's just it's hard too, to process. You don't know what to do. You just can't read it all at once. It's it's a, <laughs> a little here and a little bit there. Speaking of heaven, it's a great joke about that. A classic uh, joke from heaven, which was um, a man named Jeffrey and a woman named Jody get married. And after 40 years, Jeffrey dies. And the wife becomes really distraught. And uh, she goes to a seance to contact her dead husband. So after some time, the spirit appears and she goes, Jeffrey, is that you? And, she go, and he goes, yes, it is. And she goes, tell me, are you happy? And Jody said, and he goes, yes, very happy indeed. She goes, happier than when you were with me when we were alive? He goes, yes, so much happier. She goes, wow. She goes, heaven must be a wonderful place. He says, who said anything about heaven? (laughs) (laughs) It's a marriage joke. Oh, well, I, I I love, I mean, I'm not married, but those are, I love marriage jokes. I'm, a, jokes are bad. I'm, bad. In, I'm engaged. Bad. I'm engaged, but I, 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 I see you've posted marriage jokes on uh, social media before. I love a good marriage joke. I wrote a bunch of them and I, I think people relate to them. One of the, actually one of the ones I didn't put up because again, you know, um, so my wife says to me before we go, Hey, these jeans make me look bad. I'm like, you know, honey, no matter what I say, you're going to be angry. She goes, you're right. I said, promise you won't be angry. She goes, I promise. I said, great. I effed your sister last night. <laughs> have you have you ever watched a married with children oh yeah i love that that was one of the great sitcoms yeah 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 al bundy was one of my favorite uh sitcom characters i mean i you know i went to film school so i studied film and the tv was my big interest but that reminds me of um one of my favorite al bundy jokes he's like eh, these women always asking he's like do, do these does these pants make my my butt look big or does it, these, they make me look fat he's like no they don't the fat makes you look fat <laughs> that's actually a great joke see now i took a classic setup and rechanged it i wrote that joke and um i because setup is a classic setup these jeans make me look bad it's one of those classics you can't it's you know it's like it's like two jews walk into a bar it's like a you know it's a classic setup as a matter of fact i was thinking about this the other day during the pandemic for two and a half years two jews didn't walk into a bar <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's standard. I think that's standard in comedy. It's like a like a template. Yeah, it's a template that you can rewrite into something else because it's everyone understands it. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday too. Like this, because funerals I think are really funny. I don't attend funerals. I don't believe the person's there, so I don't. I rarely will attend a funeral. I occasionally have done it some close friends because I think it's important to support the person that's in in the person uh, in mourning. Yeah. 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 I don't believe in funerals. I don't believe in the spirit of the persons in the dead carcass. I don't think that way. So I was thinking the other day it would be really funny because funerals are really funny if you think about it on some level. But there's probably things that are funeral that somebody it, it, you shouldn't do, like like tell the widow 
You sure you saw him move? <laughs> Maybe it would be funny if he went to the funeral dressed up as deceased. <laughs> you know? Or um, having to bring a dog to the funeral and tell him to play dead in front of everybody. <laughs> I, I got I got asked to leave a funeral when I was a kid. I, I guess I was having an existential crisis as a kid. And I remember I said, um, I don't really understand. This isn't a joke, but I mean, maybe it's funny. It's, but I was I was there as really young. But I remember it so vividly because maybe it was traumatic. I get kicked out and they told me to go wait outside for, for a family member. And I said, like, I don't really think that you guys are as sad for her, the person who died. I think you're subconsciously afraid of your own mortality. And that's why you're mourning. I'm not saying that's exactly. That is actually but That's true. what I thought. That yeah. is very true. That, that is very, You see, you're a very analytical person. And I respect that a lot. As a matter of fact, I wonder what your sense of humor is really like because... <laughs> You're, I'm not kidding. You're extremely analytical. And by the way, when I was younger, I was exactly, I was Mr. Spock as a child. I was extremely analytical, non-emotional, 100%. And I had to retrain the other half of my brain to see the world funny and have more emotions. I don't know how this happened, but I would imagine you're very, in order to write books and think and do all these deep dives and do this type of show, you're an intellectual and articulate and analytical. That's I, just the way it goes. I wonder what the other side of you is and how much of it's out. I appreciate that. I'm like Freud without all the uh, the, the pedophilia. <laughs> Here's another one. What would happen if you walked into a funeral and you were carrying a shovel? What a visual that is. You walk in and say, where's the funeral? <laughs> <laughs> well, how about you go into the funeral and you sign a deceased name in the guest register? <laughs> <laughs> that like sounds like... That sounds like it would, that would be like a ghost story that might be on the coast to coast AM feed. <laughs> Deceased name comes up in the funeral registry. It's funny. I, I was thinking about that yesterday and then, I, and then I started and then I wrote this joke. Um, I said, showbiz is really tough. Last night I got blew up the stage by a family of angry people. I'm sorry. They, they really didn't like my sense of humor. I think a eulogy should have jokes in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, See, so the joke comes from the opposite of that thinking about the funeral. It comes from the other way. It's always two points colliding well, to one another well like you know everything else you've said a few times tonight that you, you you've used the the analogy of the rabbit hole and i i think you should start promoting yourself because you're like this you're you're, you're a revolutionary comedian because you're not pulling rabbits out of hats you're putting the rabbit into the hole and going down into the <laughs> hole right you know people don't want to hear this is a funny part about it they don't want to hear this they uh, again like i go out and do the, the d jokes and interact and put down and do all the humor and that's, people need it. They, you know, they pay for it. They, they, just think how ridiculous of a society that we're in, that you're going to give me money to make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's, see, that's, that's kind of the sad side of it. It's kind of sad in a way, right? Yeah, but, and, and they need it. And by the way, it's addictive behavior because just like having a chocolate bar, I don't know about you, but if I have one, I have to have two. I'm, I'm that kind of guy. If I want to take a chip, I have to have two. I don't, <laughs> me too. I, I just, me too. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but my brain just, pulls me in so when it comes to humor though it's interesting that you I, i'll go do a show and everyone's laugh. i could walk in if people are angry and there's a nasty or an arrogance or whatever swirling around this room and at the end everybody loves you and everyone's your friend and they all come over to you and they think they could say things to you that they wouldn't say to other people interestingly enough like they'll come over and say things that they would never say in front of others even priests and rabbis will come to me and tell me dirty jokes like I'm, it's okay. I'm, I'm those, might, I'm those might not be jokes. Those might be true stories from the priest. <laughs> I would hope not. <laughs> I hope not. 
But the interesting thing is, is that when you're doing stand up, that you create a feeling, just like music creates a feeling in the body. It makes it feel good. The hormone, whatever it is that's happening in there, everything's exploding. You're feeling good. The laughter is, it's, it's a commonality. We're all strung together at this moment in this space. And at that moment, uh, when, when somebody comes over and says, Hey, do you have a card or how do I get in touch with you? But they want to hire you to entertain at one of their events. So other people have the same feeling that they have. And by the way, this is a good thing. They want to say, I feel good. And I want somebody else to experience my feeling of goodness by having this. That's got to be a good feeling for you, doesn't it? It used to be. It used to but be. not anymore. Yeah, no, I, 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 again, I mentioned earlier, when I first started doing it, it was very egotistically enhancing. It, it, it was stroking my, my large penis and telling me how great it was. And then what happened was, as time went on, I, I realized it's more of a service than it is about me. And as and the more I started to learn that it was the giveaway than it was to take, the better it got. And the less I got attached to the results and the outcome of how you do. It's so much fun to go up and improv and interact with people and not be on purpose of having to do it a certain way. Of course. There's a beauty in organic, if you hate that word too, but there's a beauty in being organic. So it's organic, non-GMO, free-range comedy. <laughs> I love that. It's also gluten-free. It's gluten-free, gluten I'd imagine. Gluten-free. There you go. Very <laughs> clever. You could write, write my next web page. <laughs> <laughs> just for, just so we're clear too so people don't misunderstand you i mean you have a you have a trump doll you have a biden doll you've got a clinton doll uh but you know when we're talking about d jokes we're talking and we're not talking about democrats right there's another d that's true we're not talking about democrats even though i do both of them i do republican and democrat jokes i i have i i mean I'm an equal abuser if you will you're an equal opportunity a, abuser, abuser. <laughs> of both parties yeah i mean you have to be. Uh, I just try to do it through the dummy, which kind of takes, like when you're speaking, you know, it's almost like a sitcom, like you were saying earlier, because you're doing dialogue humor. You're not doing, I'm not up doing stand-up. I'm doing humor between me and another person. Of course, so, right. What, 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 like with Andy, uh, the Andy dummy is the one I try to do the stuff back and forth. Where I keep trying to keep everything nice and really tight. And, you know, I just did this, I wrote this thing the other day, said to Andy, I go, um, are you up on current events? And he goes, yeah, certainly. And I say, do you know what Roe versus Wade is? And he goes, is that two competing ways to sneak across the Rio Grande? <laughs> I was just thinking that in my mind. I've never heard that joke, but that's where my mind was going. I was like, oh, where's he going with the word like, Roe Wade? <laughs> yeah, so he can say Roe Wade. It's the right to itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I saw, I saw that, um, I think, is the company Mattel that makes the Barbie dolls, I think it's Mattel, one of the toy companies, they have a, um, a pregnant Ken doll out. And I, and I imagine that a lot of people want to know, when is John Peasy going to get a pregnant male dummy? That's interesting you say this, because several years ago, I asked, the, it takes a long time to get a puppet made, by the way. It's, I mean, years. It's not, they're hand-carved out of wood, and that mechanics are painted. It takes a, couple, it takes a lot of money, a lot of time. And I so it's like it's basically. For, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's basically like getting Joe Biden ready for a press conference. They got to paint, they got to well, chip away at things. Saw things. Not that hard. No, no not, not, not maybe that, that hard. <laughs> they have to actually inject them with some adrenaline and some adrenochrome, give them some coffee, slap them in the back of the head and turn on the recorder. Uh, and uh, he's clearly, something's not right there. Some people believe it's not him. I find that really amusing. People go, oh, he's a clone. He's a this, he's a that. I think that's hilarious. But the, the thing is, is, is that in, in order to make one of these characters, it takes a long time. And I had several years ago asked one of the builders to make me a white trash girl that was pregnant with a cigarette in her hand with 
bleached blonde hair, lives in a trailer, broken up fingernails, not done, bad toenails, wearing shorts, and you know, like I guess uh, I don't know. It's, it's a stand. It's like a standard that. model. Okay, and and she was supposed to be pregnant and smoking, and then I wanted to have her have a black baby on stage. It's that, and I wanted him to come out and complain to her. And I thought that would be like the most bizarre thing in the world. I wanted to do it for YouTube. Like I have her come out. She talks about it. She's smoking a cigarette. You shouldn't do that. You're pregnant. And then the water breaks. And then out comes this little, uh, a different colored baby. And, and he comes out. And I pick him up and we have a conversation. I thought it would be the greatest thing. <laughs> it's like, you know, and the guy wouldn't do it. But now that I look back, oh, God, so I'd be, I'd be people be burning crosses on my ass this morning. Oh, there's no doubt about that. I, that sounds like some kind of Jerry Springer thing or something. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would be. But I, I just, but you get, what is comedy? But to push the edge and to do things that make people stop and think and go, "Oh my God," or "Is that crazy?" or that's what it is. It is going a little bit further. It's not. I mean, to sit here and you know, take my wife, please. That's not the world we live <laughs> in anymore. Yeah. No, We're no. Way beyond that. It's unfortunate the world we live in seems to be very black and white and very gray. And we, we got to bring some color and we got to bring some life and some laughs and some comedy back to it. And that's what we try to do here on the Rainbow. Secret Teachings. No, not, no, no, not that. See, that's tricky. That's very tricky. I like that. Is th- tricky. That is very tricky because I'm not uh, a person that hates people, uh, anyone, but I'm not happy about being the stuff that's being pushed upon us to create a different world that I did not desire to bring about. Well, that's that's like um, my favorite, uh, one of my favorite comedians. He passed away, Ralphie May. I don't know if you remember, remember Ralphie May. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He did that joke about the rainbow. He's like, I want the rainbow back, GD. He's like, I didn't get, I didn't get no email. I didn't get a, a letter. Nobody told me. Anything. They just took the rainbow, and he just he went on and on with it. But as, yeah, it's like why the rainbow has been hijacked. The funny thing is, the rainbow is a symbol of a bridge or a gateway or a portal. It takes you to another world. And it does feel like that that symbol of the rainbow and all of its political correctness glory has been used as a bridge to take us to uh, an upside down world. That's what it really feels like. That's super interesting that you bring it up that way. I never saw it, and that uh, that makes sense. But I never. That's super interesting. I never. That's a thought that never entered me. I, I, I appreciate that thinking actually. Well, John, we're out of time, unfortunately, because we could go very, very far down that rabbit hole and then we could pull the rabbit back out. John dot com, P-I-Z-Z-I. Uh, we got just a few seconds here. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, wishing us uh, kind words here on the uh, the new network, Ground Zero Radio. Really appreciate it. And Much success. Much any, success. Anybody wants to uh, check out your stuff, John dot com. We got a bunch of other websites as well. Maybe somebody wants to they heard the show. They want to hire you. They, they think you're funny and they, they want to hire you. How do they do that? I'll go to johnpc.com, fill out a form, and send us an email. And uh, before I leave, I'll leave you with a quick joke. What's worse than ants in your pants? Uncles in your pants. Just uncles. <laughs> how, do you get a, how do you get a fat girl in bed? That one I know is a very, yep, it's, a, it's very simple. It's a piece of cake. Joke. <laughs> <laughs> I, love sh- I love jokes like that. Well, what, does think, it mean when make, what does it mean when lesbians make love? I don't know that one. Don't mean <laughs> I think um, <laughs> you, you told the ants in the pants joke on the last show, and you said, and I said, what's worse than uncles in your pants? And you said, what? And I said, is Joe Biden in your pants? You don't want that. Ah, that's right. I did tell you that. Yeah, because I love that. It's one of my favorite jokes. I forgot about that. That's so funny. See, this just goes to show you the mind does repetitive things. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's always a pleasure, Ryan. You, you are a pleasure. Thank you. You're very welcome, John. Thanks for the kind words. Thanks for joining us. We'll have you back. We'll do a whole big show again sometime very soon. JohnPZ.com. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. 
www.thesecretteachings.info. Please subscribe to our archive. You get access to the montages, the ad-free show, private RSS feed. You can download the show, listen anytime that you want. It supports The Secret Teachings. It is the only thing that keeps us on air Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, 10 p.m. Pacific after Ground Zero and Clyde Lewis. Also check out a, uh, the Aftermath archive, Clyde's archive as well. Gable at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings, TST underscore underscore radio for Twitter. Everything else is on the website. Check out my books, thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Go check out John's website, johnpizzi.com.